This is the Ford Theater, a full hour of radio drama. Our play this afternoon is the famous Broadway and motion picture hit, The Front Page. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Hildy Johnson quit. What do you mean, quit? He's a fixture on the examiner. He goes with the Woodward. All right, but I'm telling you, Hildy's quitting those papers and getting married. I don't believe it. Anyway, I know that managing editor of his, Walter Burns. He'll do anything to keep Hildy. He'll stop that marriage if he has to kidnap Hildy at the altar. The Ford Theater, presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury cars, and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. In the past three generations, millions of Americans have learned to rely on Ford products. For three generations, Ford has led the way in the development of more dependable, more economical transportation. Today in the third generation, more than 8 million Americans prefer Ford products. They know from experience you can depend on Ford. As spokesman for the Ford Theater, may we present the distinguished playwright, producer and actor, co-author of State of the Union and Life with Father, Howard Lindsay. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we are about to hear a rip-roaring story about newspaper men. Ben Hecht and Charles MacArthur's celebrated play, The Front Page. When Gilbert Seldes undertook to adapt The Front Page for the Ford Theater, he was faced with having to crowd the fast and furious action of the original three-act drama into the restricted compass of 60 minutes of radio time. So, you see, we're, we've not a moment to lose. In fact, even as I speak, the telephone bells are ringing impatiently in the press room of the Chicago Criminal Courts Building. It is the eve of Chicago's last hanging. The condemned man has finished his last supper, and the reporters have gathered to cover his final hours on earth. Press room, McHugh speaking. No, Hildy Johnson ain't here. Yeah, I'll tell him to call you. Oh, hiya, Frank. Come on in here and get some of these phones. Between a hanging and a wedding, I'm going nuts. Well, who's getting married? Hildy Johnson. You mean he's getting hanged, don't you? No, this is on the level, Frank. Hildy, quit. What do you mean, quit? He's a fixture on the examiner. He goes with the woodwork. All right, but that's what happened. I'm telling you, Hildy's quitting those papers and getting married. I don't believe it. Anyway, I know that managing editor of his, Walter Burns. He'll do anything to keep Hildy. He'll stop that marriage if he has to kidnap Hildy at the altar. What's that? They're trying out the gallows for the hanging. Most of the boys are down in the courtyard watching it. Who's the candidate tonight? Earl Williams. Who's that? Weren't you here when the Williams case broke? The guy that was sleeping in the park. When the cop woke him up, he grabbed the cop's revolver and let him have it. <laughs> Imagine killing a cop in Chicago. Oh, that one. I thought they decided he was crazy. Any guy's crazy that kills a cop in an election, yeah? Nope. They gotta hang him so the sheriff can prove that he stands for law and order. Criminal court's press room. Frank Anycutt speaking. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Mike, it's someone for Hildy Johnson. Well, tell him he ain't here. I'm sorry, Hildy Johnson's not here. Oh, it's you, Mr. Burns. Uh, this is Endicott of the Post. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, Mr. Burns, I certainly will. Thank you, Mr. Burns. You sounded pretty sore. Say, where is Hildy Johnson? Search me. He hasn't shown up all night. You mean there's going to be a hanging without Hildy Johnson? Yes, so. Don't seem legal. Say, that's the biggest, blackest desk I ever saw. Whose is it? Belongs to a hypochondriac named a Bensinger from the Tribune. He's got it full of pills and gargles. It's... Oh, this is him now. Hi, McHill. Hello, Bensinger. This is Frank Endicott of the Post. Hello, Endicott. Hi, Bensinger. Fine desk you got there. Hmm. Would be a nice desk if these bums around here wouldn't use it for a city dump. Look at that. Half a sandwich. Stale glass of beer. And two old shirts. Newspaper men. Just young boys at heart, that's us. City desk. This is Bensinger. Here's the latest on the Earl Williams hanging. The condemned man ate a hearty dinner. Well, sure, I got the menu. Mock turtle soup, chicken pot pie, hash brown potatoes, combination salad, and pile of mode. Make mine the same. No, no coffee. He was afraid it would keep him awake. <laughs> Press room McHugh speaking. Oh, well, no, Bill. No, not a thing. 
Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, the doomed man ate a hearty dinner. Doomed? No, don't say condemned man. Benzinger is using that in the Tribune. Sure, I got the menu. Noodle soup, roast beef, sweet potato, crown grease sauce, and two cups of coffee. Press room, Benzinger speaking. No, Hildy Johnson isn't here. What's that? Peggy Grant? Does he know where to reach you, Miss Grant? <laughs> you don't say. Well, I'll certainly tell him, Miss Grant. Congratulations. Well, what do you know about that? Hildy's going to get married. That's right. I still can't believe it. That's what the girl said. Well, um, so long, fellas. Hey, wait a minute. Where are you going? Oh, I thought I'd look around. You're a double-crossing liar. Why don't you get your own news for a change? You mean work at it? What do you think we are? Oh, all right. The sheriff's got this girl, Malloy, that was a witness for Earl Williams. Yeah, the sheriff's got her. He wants all the reporters in. You sneak. All right. Let's go see this Malloy girl. But it sure ain't going to seem like an interview without Hildy Johnson. Sheriff speaking. Yes, Mr. Mayor. No, you needn't worry about that, Mr. Mayor. Not a chance. No, no reprieve. Yeah, on schedule, 7 o'clock. No, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, they're bringing in one more crazy doctor. Y- you know, uh... Yeah, that's the word, an alienist. Well, he can't do nothing. No, the governor's gone fishing. Went this afternoon. Oh, we'll swing Earl Williams, all right. Uh, thanks, Mr. Mayor. Uh, we'll be on top next Tuesday. Goodbye, Mr. Mayor. Send the boys and the newspapers in. Well, hi, Hello, Now, boys, you're always writing me. Look at this. Sheriff Hartman has just put 200 more relatives on the payroll to prevent an outbreak of violence at the execution of Earl Williams. Now, that ain't nice, boys. This is an honest administration. All right, for Pinky Hartman. And don't call me Pinky. Look, Mr. Sheriff, my paper has always treated you square. Now, a certain party over at the paper is asking you a favor. How about hanging this guy at 5 o'clock instead of 7 so we can make the city addition? Oh, now, Benzinger, you can't hang a fella in his sleep just to please a newspaper. No, but you got the hanging postponed twice, so it comes just three days before election. I had nothing to do with them retrieves. That, that, that was the governor. Yeah, how do you know there won't be another reprieve tonight? How do you know this alienist won't find him insane? Insane. That guy's as sane as I am. Saner. <laughs> He sits up and reads the Declaration of Independence day and night. That's just a trick to get sympathy. Now, boys, forget it. i got a good story for you. Do you remember this Malloy woman, the waitress that uh, spoke for Williams? Well, what are you going to do, make her go back on her testimony? That's not the way this office works, Mac, and you know it. No, sir. She told me that she didn't like the newspapers. They weren't fair. She wanted to see you, so I offered to bring you down here. You'll get a good story out of her. Gentlemen of the press, good evening, you bums. What are you doing Hildy, here? Hildy, Walter Burns wants you. Gee, look, he's carrying a cane. Hildy Johnson, you get out of here. No one invited you to this press conference. <laughs> How are you, Sheriff? Who's been getting your goat? No one gets my goat. Only you and that big-mouthed Walter Burns think you're running Chicago. Well, you go right back and tell Walter Burns that the examiner don't get no more than two tickets for this execution. Why, you silly shrimp. If I wanted to, I'd take six guests to your hanging party and sit in a box. See, it just happens I don't want to go. Yeah, And why don't you want to go? I don't want to go because I am no longer a member of the working press. As of today, Mr. Sheriff, I have resigned. You're kidding. Why didn't you tell Walter Burns you resigned? He's been calling you all night in the press room. I didn't tell Walter Burns I resigned because I didn't want him to interfere with my life. You remember what happened to Pat Kruger when he wanted to quit. Burns had him arrested for forgery. Well, Walter Burns isn't going to stop Hildy Johnson. Come on, boys. Let Hildy Johnson take his troubles out of here. We've got this important interview with Molly Malloy. What are you going to do, Hildy? Well, first, I'm taking a train to New York. And you're going to wear a top hat and work for the New York Times. Say it ain't so, Hildy. Second, I'm going to get married. To someone that knows you? That can't be. And third, I am going into the advertising business. 150 smackers a week. You mean a month? 150 a week. So goodbye, you broken-down wage slaves. When you're crawling up fire escapes and getting kicked out of front doors and eating Christmas dinner in a one-armed joint, remember your old pal, Hildy Johnson. Right in here for the interview, boys. 
Malloy, here are the reporters. Hello, Molly. Ham and eggs and coffee. Hiya, Molly. I hardly know you outside the busy busy lunchroom. I wanted to talk to you guys. Gonna pay a call on Williams? He's right next door. Better hurry up. He hasn't got all night. Oh, yes, he has. Say, Molly, uh, those are pretty roses you sent Earl Williams. What do you want done with them tomorrow morning? A lot of wise guys, ain't you? Well, you know what I think of you. All of you. Oh, take it easy, Molly. If it was worth breaking my fingernails on, I'd tear your puss wide open. What are you sore about, sweetheart? Wasn't that a swell story we gave you? You cheap crumbs have been making a fool out of me long enough. No, what kind of language is that? I never said I love Earl Williams and am willing to marry him on the gallows. Well, aren't you? Everybody knows you're a sweetie. That's a lie. I met Mr. Williams just once in my life when he was wandering around in the rain without his hat and coat on like a sick dog. The day before the shooting. I asked him what's the matter, and he told me about being broke and hungry, and I brought him into the restaurant because it was warm there. Oh, yeah? Just because you want to fill your lion papers with a lot of dirty scandal, you got to crucify him and make a bum out of me. I tell you, he just sat there talking to me all night. He just sat there talking to me and behaved like a perfect gentleman. In the morning, he went away, and I never seen him again until the day of the trial. <laughs> oh, go on, laugh. Sure, I was his witness, the only one he had. Yes, me, Molly Malloy, a waitress in a cheap joint. I was the only one to stand up for him. And that's why you're persecuting me. Because he treated me decent, not like an animal, and I said so. Why didn't you adopt him instead of letting him run around shooting policemen? Listen, Molly, we got to go upstairs. We're busy. Go on home. Or huh? go and see your boyfriend. Yeah, he's got a nice room. Won't have it long. He left the call for 7 a.m. It's a wonder a bolt of lightning don't come through the ceiling and strike you all dead. What's that? Oh. oh the gallows. Oh, she oughtn't to be allowed in here. Oh, shame on you. Shame on you. Poor little crazy fella. Sitting there alone with the angel of death beside him. And you cracking jokes. Okay, Molly, that's enough. Beat it. You dirty punk. Come on. You heels. All right, boys. At your interview, you'd better get along now. And where are you going, Sheriff? Earl Williams is in the infirmary where this new crazy doctor is going to see him. We come along, Sheriff? No, siree. This is a scientific experiment. You wouldn't understand it. Come in, Williams. Thank you, Sheriff. You know, there's no use going through this. Now, my boy, don't make a fuss. This is Dr. Egglehopper. I feel okay. You are Earl Williams, yes? Tell me, Mr. Williams, you know what is going to happen? Yeah, I know. Ah, good. And you don't care? No, I don't care. You should. That policeman you killed in cold blood, he cares. Mr. Sheriff... You will please to be silent. I didn't kill him in cold blood. I was sleeping in the park. I, I was having a nightmare, and he woke me up, and I was scared. Ah, now we have it. What was this nightmare? I don't remember. Natürlich. Naturally, you are suppressing this because you do not wish to remember it. I didn't think it was important. Perhaps we could bring this into your memory if we could repeat the events. So... Now, Mr. Sheriff, I think we will have what you call a reenactment of the crime. Mr. Williams, you were sleeping on a bench in the park. So, you lie down on the couch there, and I will be the policeman, uh, what you call a cop. And this cop, he has his revolver. I, I have no revolver. We can get a revolver, Mr. Sheriff? Oh, sure. Good. Now, Mr. Williams, of course, we will not wait for you to fall asleep and have a nightmare, but lie down and then suddenly I will come and wake you up and then you must do everything just as it was before. Press room, any cut, Sorgan. Who's this? No, no, nothing much. They got an alienist examining Williams now to see if he's sane enough to hang. Yeah, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. Who is this alienist, anyhow? Dr. Max J. Egelhofer from Vienna. Three to one, he finds Williams as an Oedipus complex. Well, it won't bother him much longer. Egelhofer doesn't go in for complexes. He's a gland specialist. Why don't you guys read a book once in a while? That's unprofessional conduct, Bensinger. And you might buy your own nose drops for a change, McHugh. 
And stop using mine. Oh, hi, Hildy. Come back to work? Work? What's that? I left a couple of shirts in the can of tobacco here. In my desk you left them. Here. You got a key to my desk, Hildy. Give it back to me. What key? I haven't got any key. Press room. Oh, hello, Mr. Burns. Uh, wait a minute, I'll see. Anyone here seen Hildy Johnson? What name did you say? Oh, come on, Hildy, talk to him. Uh, wait a minute, Mr. Burns. I'll see. Goodbye forever. Oh, have a Hildy. Burns will keep calling here all night long if you don't talk to him. What's the matter? Scared of him? I'll talk to that maniac with pleasure. Hello, Mr. Burns. What's that, Mr. Burns? Why, your language is shocking, Mr. Burns. Now, listen, you lousy baboon. Get a pencil and paper and take this down. I ain't going to cover the hanging. I wouldn't cover Custer's last stand for you if they held it all over again in the middle of Clark Street. I'm going to New York like I told you. And you better stay west of Gary, Indiana, because if I ever see you again, I'm going to walk right up to you and hammer on that monkey skull of yours till it rings like a Chinese gong. Wow. And that, boys, is what is known as telling the managing editor. I'll say it is. Oh, boy. And I hope that every one of you will do as much when your time comes. Well, the burn certainly sounded sore. Oh, that lousy snake. He tried to bust up my marriage. How did he do that? Tried to get me drunk this afternoon. Then he got that gangster taxi driver of his and started to drive me all the way to Milwaukee. But I got a flat and I beat it. Now Burns says I can't quit without notice. What am I, a hired girl? You're just the best reporter Walter Burns ever had. Yeah, Hildy. I've heard you say so lots of times. I'd like to work for Walter Burns sometime. Yeah? Well, Bensinger, run right over and try to get my place. I won't stand in your way. They uh, say printer's ink gets in your blood. Yeah, it get... Say, that fire, Kedzie and Madison, ain't it? It's a big school out there. Well, who's in school this time of night? What do you care anyway, Hildy? <laughs> well, I just thought it might be a good fire, that's all. Well, so long, boys. And if that's Walter Burns again, you know what to tell him. Professor McHugh speaking. Who? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Hildy, it's a girl named Peggy Grant. It's my girl. Uh, hello, darling. Why, what's the matter? Oh, but listen, sweetheart, there isn't anything to cry about. I... But listen, I had business to attend to. Oh, I just dropped in here for one second. I couldn't go away without saying goodbye to the fellas. But listen, darling, I... Yes, I... Yes, I've got a taxi waiting. I've got them right in my pocket, honey. Two lowers on the 1115. Oh, now, if you talk like that, I'm going to go right out and jump in the lake. I swear I will, because I can't stand it. Listen. We're listening. Darling, I love you. What's that? Someone shot. Someone shot. Wait a minute, darling. Hold the wire. After him, boys. Earl Williams got away. Earl Williams got away. Earl Williams got away, darling. Earl Williams, the murderer. Down the courtyard, boys. Come on. Don't you understand, Peggy? It's a jailbreak. It's the first time in 15 years. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Examiner, give me Walter Burns, quick. Hello, Walter. Tildy Johnson. Fuck that at you, big baboon. Earl Williams had just landed out of the county jail. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll take the next train. Don't worry. I'm on the job. Faced with the irresistible lure of reporting hot news as it happens, Hildy Johnson drops everything and runs. While the urgent reporters of the Chicago press rush to their telephones with news of the dramatic jailbreak, let us turn over our microphone very briefly to a reporter with interesting information from Detroit. He is Kenneth Banghart speaking for the Ford Motor Company. There's certainly a great difference between the press room in our play today and the showroom of a Mercury dealer. But for the past ten days... The Mercury showrooms have been almost as excited as the press room and much more crowded. For the last ten days, the all-new 1949 Mercury has been on display, and the crowds and excitement have been remarkable. Day after day, thousands of people have visited Mercury showrooms from coast to coast to see the all-new Mercury. And the visitors have been enthusiastic over the new car because they saw not just a so-called new model, not just a facelifting job, 
but the all-new 1949 Mercury. People have been pleased by the new features of the car, the powerful new V-type eight-cylinder engine designed and built exclusively for Mercury, the new springing, the new super balloon tires, the new arrangement of the dashboard, the new visibility, the new comfort and style of the interiors. And they've been enthusiastic about the all-new beauty of the Mercury, the new graceful styling, the flowing lines, the impressive big car beauty. It would be impossible to say exactly how many people have seen the 1949 Mercury so far, but reports from the nationwide organization of Mercury dealers indicate that hundreds of thousands of people have seen it and liked it. If you have not seen the all-new Mercury yet, go see it. It's a car you should see, with new beauty, comfort, and performance. A car built to give you what you want. All-new driving and an all-new sense of pride in owning a big and beautiful car. See, not a new model, but the all-new 1949 Mercury. The second act of the front page will be heard after a brief pause for station identification. Ford Theater's presentation of the front page. You will recall that on the eve of his hanging, the condemned man, Earl Williams, shot his way out of jail as he was being examined by Dr. Egelhofer, the alienist. The press room at the criminal court's building is filled with a hubbub of reporters calling in their stories. Boys, this is Frank Ennicott. Now, here's the story. At ten minutes after nine, this Dr. Egelhofer was examining Earl Williams. McHugh speaking, one. No one knows where Williams got the... Tribune, Bensinger speaking. He shot Egelhofer in the shoulder and got on the roof through the skyline. Yeah, throwing a dragnet around the whole north side. $10,000 reward has been offered. The sheriff was there at the time of the shooting. Oh, here's something hot. A man corresponding to Earl Williams' description was seen playing first clarinet at the concert in Grant Park. Well, of course, I didn't see him. But Williams is known to be very fond of music. I'm going down to the sheriff and I'll call you back. Going over to interview Egelhofer. Call you back. Okay, I'll cover it, but he won't say anything. I'll call you in 15 minutes. Hi, fellas. Got your stories in? Hi, Helly. You got anything? No, not a thing. I ain't working. Uh, you want to come down and talk to the sheriff? No, not me, boy. Okay, see you later. Hurry up, boys. Give me Walter Burns. Walter, I've got it. And I've got it exclusive. I had to pay the deputy sheriff 250 bucks. Sure, I'll give you the story, but listen, Walter, I gotta have that money back and I gotta have it right away. It's for my honeymoon, you rat. Okay, so long as it gets here in half an hour. Now, here's the story. You know, they were reenacting the crime and they had to have a gun. Now, where would they get the gun? From Peter B. Hartman, B for brains. Yeah, the sheriff. Williams made his getaway with the sheriff's gun. Uh, hold it, someone's coming. No, it's all right, it's a girl. Hildy! Wait, it's my girl. Uh, hello, Peggy, wait a minute. Now, get this, Walter. I got you your story, and now I'm going to take the next train out of here, and you tell that guy to run with the money. Oh, Peggy. What were you saying on the telephone? Huh? Nothing. I was just telling Walter Burns I was all through. That's all. Hello, darling. Hildy, you haven't done something foolish with that money. Now, listen, darling, I can look after a couple of hundred dollars, all right. Hildy, if you've still got the money, I want you to give it to me. Oh, you did do something with it. No, no, no. Walter Burns is sending it right over. Oh, Hildy. Listen, darling, I wouldn't have had this happen for the world, but it's going to be all right. Now, here's what happened. This guy Williams broke out of jail. Yes, I know. Oh, now, listen, sweetheart. I got the story exclusive. The biggest scoop in years, I'll bet. Do you know how long Mother and I waited out at the house? Oh, Peggy, listen, you ain't going to be mad at me for this. I couldn't help it. Well, you'd have done the same thing yourself. I mean, the biggest story in the world, busting and nobody on the job. I might have known it would happen again. Oh, Every time I've wanted you for something on my birthday, New Year's Eve, when I waited until five in the morning. But a big story broke. It's always a big story. The biggest story in the world. And the next day, everybody's forgotten it, even you. What do you mean, forgotten? That was the Clara Heyman murder. Now, oh, for heaven's sakes, Peggy, the boy's on his way with the money right now. And my mother's downstairs in a taxi cab. If she knew about that money... 
Oh, it's all we've got in the world, Hildy. Oh, gee, Peggy, you make me feel like a criminal. It's all that Walter Burns. Oh, I'll be so glad when I get you away from him. You simply can't resist him. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Peggy, I've told you what I think of him. I wouldn't raise a finger if he was dying. Now, look, darling, I'll tell you what you do. You go on over to the station and get the baggage check. Now, here are the tickets. Change them for the 1240. Now, Hildy, I'll I... be along in 15 minutes, maybe sooner. You won't be late. Peggy, I never missed a train in my life. Here, now, you run along. Oh, here's Max. My girl, Max, she's just going. Glad to meet you. How do you do? Give me the city desk. McHugh speaking. Here's the latest on the Williams escape. The mayor is going to make the sheriff resign and kick him off the ticket for next Tuesday's election. Well, sure he can do it. Yeah, I'm going down to the mayor's office right now. Call you back. Hey, Hilda, you want to come down to the mayor's office with me? What? No, thanks, Mac. I'm off the story. i got to wait here for some money. Give me Walter Burns. Walter? Nothing new. Where's my money? My 250 bucks. Why'd you tell him to take a taxi? Well, they're waiting for me. My girl and her mother, and I've got to get that train. Now, listen, Walter. If I haven't got my money in ten minutes, I'll give this story to every other paper in town. Is the sheriff out there? Here I am, Mr. Mayor. Shut the door. Oh, yes, Fred. Gosh, Fred, I, I'm sure sorry. I... Pete, there's one thing I've got to know. Did you actually give Williams that gun yourself? Well, the professor asked me for it. I didn't know what he wanted for. I thought it was something scientific. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. Your own gun, loaded, too. Now, listen, Fred, nobody else knows about it. Pete, I've got a mighty unpleasant task to perform. Now, listen, Fred, you're just going to get me rattled. Two years ago, we almost lost a stockyard boat on account of that story you told at the picnic. Why harp on that now? Now you come along with another one of your moron blunders. The worst of your whole career. Listen, Fred, stop worrying, will you? Just do me a favor and stop worrying. I'm doing everything on God's green earth. I've just sworn in 400 deputies. 400? Do you want to bankrupt this administration? I'm getting them for $12 a night. $12 for those broken-down uncles of yours? If you're talking about my brother-in-law, he's worked for the city 15 years. Pete, you're through. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, I'm scratching your name off the ticket Tuesday and running Chernicky in your place. It's nothing personal, Pete. It's the only way out. It's a sacrifice we all ought to be happy to make. Brad, I, I don't know what to say. A thing like this almost destroys a man's faith in human nature. I wish you wouldn't talk like that, Pete. I... Who's out there? It's Sheriff Hartman in there. Oh, it's for me. I'm Sheriff Hartman. You want me? Yes, sir. I've been looking all over for you, Sheriff. You certainly are a hard fellow to find. Who are you? I'm Pinkham from the governor, and I've got it. Got what? The reprieve for Earl Williams. For who? Earl Williams, the reprieve. I thought I'd never find you. First, I had a hard time getting attacked. Wait a minute. Is this a joke or something? Uh, it's a mistake. Must be a mistake. The governor gave me his word of honor he wouldn't interfere. And that's two days ago. And you fell for it. It frightens me what I'd like to do to you, Pete Hartman. Now, wait a minute. Who else knows about this? They were all standing around when he wrote it. It was after they got back from fishing. Get the governor on the phone, Hartman. They ain't got a phone. Now they're conduct shooting. Can you beat that? Read this, Mayor. Insane, he says. Pingham, you know Earl Williams ain't insane. Yeah, but I ain't the governor. <laughs> this reprieve is pure politics and you know it. It's an attempt to ruin us. We got to think fast before these lying reporters get hold of this. What'll we tell them? Now, Fred, don't get excited. I've got it. Now, listen, you. What's your name? Pinkham. Sure, Pinkham. Now, listen, Pinkham, old boy. You never got here with this paper that you pretend is a reprieve. You see what I mean? You never found me or the sheriff. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> How much do you make a week? Oh, uh, $40. How would you like to have a job for $350 a month? That's almost $100 a week. You mean me? Who do you think he means? Gosh. Now, listen, there's a fine opening for a fellow like you in the city sealer's office. Oh, I couldn't work in Chicago. What? I got two kids going to high school in Springfield, and if I changed them from one town to another, they'd probably lose a grade. No, they wouldn't. They, they'd gain one. They could go into any class they want to. And I guarantee that they'll graduate with highest honors. Well, gee. Okay. That's fine. Now, just put this back in your pocket, and if anyone asks you, you got held up in the traffic jam and you never found it. And one thing, Pinkham, don't talk to no reporters. Mayor speaking. Oh, wait a minute. It's for you, Pete. Right. All right, now, goodbye, Pinkham. Drop around tomorrow. Okay. Sheriff speaking. What? Hold the wire. 
Hey, Fred, they've got Earl Williams. Where? Right in his own house. Tell him to shoot to kill. But, Fred, about that reprieve, if anyone finds out. I didn't see any reprieve. No one reprieved that policeman he killed. Hello? The order is shoot to kill. And 500 bucks for the guy that does the job. This is Hildy Johnson. Give me Walter Burns. Well, where is he? I... Oh, Duffy. Listen, did Walter send that boy out with the money for me? Well, Duffy, tell him to hurry. I... What was that? Somebody at the window. I'll call you back, Duffy. Hang on there. I'm coming. Hmm. You. Come on in here. I'll help you. There you are. Earl Williams. I surrender. I couldn't hang on to the drain pipe anymore. Put down that gun, Williams. It ain't loaded. I fired all the bullets already. Or give it to me anyway. Now get away from that window. Did anyone see you come in here? Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't care. I'm not afraid to die. See, that's what I was telling the doctor when he made me take the gun. Shut up a second. Let me think. Scaring me, trying to make out I'm a gangster with a mob, telling me I got a complex. I didn't go to shoot anyone. They kept waking me up and scaring me, and the gun is right there. Be quiet. I want to find a place to hide you. No, I don't want to hide anymore. Take me back and hang me. No, wait right here. Mm, what an angle. 12,000 cops looking for you when you walk right into my arms. Duffy, this is Hildy again. Tell Walter Burns to get over here this minute. It's a matter of life and death. Tell him I've got the greatest exclusive that ever hit the front page. Now, let's see, Williams. What are we going to do with you? Oh, wait. Hello, Molly. Well, that's done it. Shut that door, Molly, quick. And lock it to make sure no one else comes in. Now, look, you two, we've only got a couple of minutes. All the reporters are out with the sheriff's men, but they'll be back. Now, we've got to find a place to hide, Earl, before they do. Thank you for those roses, Molly. Oh. Ah, forget the roses. We've got to hide you. You're the only person that sent me anything. How did you get here? I came down the drain pipe. I didn't mean to shoot that doctor. What are you going to do? Oh, I don't care anymore. You've got to hide. If you'd stop jabbering about roses. You were wonderful to me, Molly. Me? Yeah. I think you're wonderful. I wrote out a statement... And when I'm dead, people will know. I said you were the most beautiful character I ever met. Yeah? yeah. Look, they'll be coming back any minute. Hey, Williams, this roll-top desk. Can you get in here? I don't want to hide. Molly, give us a hand here. Get those things to one side. Gargles, nose drops, aspirin, and a septic. Oh, Bensinger's got a whole drugstore here. Now, Williams, get in there. Earl, go on. Get in there, please. Would they'll find me anyhow. Now, look, I'm going to lower the top, and I'll leave you a little air. I'll be right here, Earl. I won't leave you. Keep dead quiet. Don't even breathe. Ah, well, he's safe for a while, anyway. Uh-oh, there they are. Now get this, Molly. If the boys get suspicious, get over by the door. Say that you know where Williams is and then run. What for? They'll chase you, and as soon as they're gone, I'll get your Williams away. Well, I don't know, but I'll try. All right, keep your shirt on. Hey, what's the idea? Yeah. Oh, it's you boys. Come in. Come on, Hildy, you're wasting time. Quit stalling, Hildy. We know you got something. I told you I just thought I could get another angle from Molly here. Yeah, why'd you have to lock the door? You're hiding something. Press room, Q speaking. All right, Hildy, that's your story. Yeah? Now, how about you, Molly? I don't yeah. know a thing. Yeah, what were you telling Hildy that oh, was so private? You let me alone. <laughs> hey, the sheriff's brother-in-law just shot one of his own deputies. <laughs> well, the deputy was probably the sheriff's uncle, so it's all in the family. Why don't you guys go and ask the sheriff? I am not going out anymore, Hildy. I'm tired. Me neither. I'm pretending there never was any Earl Williams. How about a little game of poker? You play, Molly? Smart guy. Say, I got an idea. Maybe Earl Williams never left this building at all. Hey, Mac, you've got something there. Yeah, then where is he? Well, suppose he got up on the roof. He could have slid down that drain. That's pipe. right. He could have gotten into any room. Hey, wait a minute, boys. That closet. Out of the way, Molly. <laughs> Uh, there must be 300 rooms with closets in this building. Well, let's call it the sheriff, Hildy. What for? There's a reward out for Williams. Let's find him ourselves. Each one of us take a floor, and whoever finds him, we split up the reward. Yeah, let's cut Molly Malloy in for a share, too. Now, I'm not going to help you find Earl Williams, you bunch of heels. Never mind her, boy. She doesn't know a thing. But you do, Hildy. Where's Earl Williams? I'm playing Hildy. We'll knock it out of you. You dirty double-crosser. Oh, look wait, out. wait, wait, wait. He doesn't know a thing. I'm the one that knows 
What's that? Leave her alone, fella. She's goofy. Where are you hiding her, Molly? Let go of my arm. Ain't gonna squeal. Want us to call the cops? Let me alone. Put down that chair, Molly. You keep away from me. Grab her, Frank. Let her go, boys. You'll never get it out of me. I'll never tell. Look out the window. Ah! My gosh. She jumped. Never thought she'd do that. Come on, let, let's get down the courtyard, Mike. Yeah, come on. Oh, that poor kid. Excuse me, Mr. Burns. Gangway. What's the hurry, boys? What's going on here, Hildy? Walter, Molly Malloy just jumped out of the window. So what? What are you doing about it? Why didn't you call the desk? Walter, she jumped out of the window, I'm telling you. I can see her now. Oh, gosh, she hit the extension roof. She didn't fall all the way. She's alive. What did she jump for? Oh, they tried to make her tell where Earl Williams is. Hey, Mac, on the roof. She's alive. Okay, we'll get her. Does she know where Earl Williams is? Sure. We both know. Well, so long, Walter. Where do you think you're going, Hildy? I'm going to New York. Right, pull yourself together, Hildy. If you don't tell me where our Williams is, I'll break your neck as sure as my name is Walter Burns. Oh, he's right behind you. What? In the desk. In the desk? Let me out. I can't breathe. Never mind breathing. You're safe. All right, Walter. You take over now. You got my money? Look, don't be a punk, Hildy. You're needed here. We've got to get this man over to our office. I've and... got to get to the station. You mean you're going to desert? Why, in time of war, you could be shot for what you're doing. Okay, this is your war. Look, I'm handing you a story exclusive, locked up in that desk, smeared all over the front page, escaped murderer caught by the examiner. You've got the story. I'm giving it to you free. Now, give me my 250 bucks. Why, you drooling saphead. Don't you realize what you've got here? You've got the whole city by the seat of the pants. You know what we're going to do? We're going to keep Williams undercover until morning and break the story exclusive. We'll run the mayor and the sheriff out of town. Hildy, my boy, this isn't a newspaper story. It's a career. You're in a new class now, Hildy. You're a power. Oh, I don't know. Why, for the next ten years, you'll be the biggest single power in Chicago. As big as that, Walter? Now, look, we've got to get Williams over to my private office right away. Where's our telephone? That one there with the busted mouthpiece. Well, how are you going to get him out of here? The place is crawling with cops outside. We'll carry the whole desk over. We'll lower it out of the window with pulleys. Now, Hildy, get on that typewriter and start pounding out the lead to this story. How much do you want on it? All of page one. Hello, Duffy. Get set now. We've got the biggest story in the world. Earl Williams caught by the examiner exclusive. Now, listen, Duffy. Throw out everything else on page one. Yeah. Hildy. Yeah. Peggy, darling. Hildy, who is this woman? This is my girl, Walter. Peggy Grant. This is Walter Burns, dear. Get her out of here. But you don't understand. Walter Burns, you let my Hildy alone. A young woman, you let Hildy alone. Hildy, what are you doing at that time? Now, listen, Miss Grant. Duffy, listen, Duffy, do you hear me? No, I don't want the Chinese earthquake. Hildy, did he give you the money? Peggy, you got to do me a big favor. You're not coming. Look, Duffy, I don't care if there's a million dead in China. The whole page for the Earl Williams story. Now, don't get sore, darling. I'll tell you what happened. You're not coming, are you? Tell me, Hildy. Tell me the truth. Hey, just a minute, Duffy. Now, look here, Miss Grant. You're doing this to him. He was going and you stopped him. Something terrific has happened, Peggy. Wait till I tell you. You I tell can... her nothing. She's a woman, you fool. Well, I'm not going to let you do it. Hildy, you're coming right now with me. But it's the biggest chance of my life. Now, listen, darling. Shut up, will you? You just don't want to marry me. That's all. That ain't true. Just because you won't listen, you're saying I don't love you when you know I'd cut my hands off for you. I'd do anything in the world for you, anything. You never intended to be decent and live like a human being. You were lying all the time. Peggy, don't keep saying that. What's that, Duffy? What? Lying. Lying. That's what you were. Just plain lying. All right, if that's what you think. What? Oh, shut up, you two. I'm trying to concentrate. I see what you are now. You're just a bum like him, like all the rest of them. Sure, that's what I am. All right. No, no, Duffy. Duffy, leave the rooster story alone. That's human interest. You're just a heartless, selfish animal without any feelings, and you're worse, Walter Burns. It's all your fault. And if you think I'm going to put up with uh, it, a newspaper bum. Yeah, that's what I am, a bum, without any feelings, and that's all I want to be. You never did love me. Oh, you couldn't talk to me like that. And if you want me, you'll have to take me as I am instead of trying to turn me into some lottie doll with a cane. I'm a newspaper man. I'm no stuffed shirt writing peanut ads. Atta boy, Hildy. Goodbye, Hildy. Peggy, don't go. All right, now, Hildy, where's the lead on that story? Here, let's see. At 11.30 last night, the escaped murderer was captured by Peggy Grant. Jumping Jupiter, Hildy! Get Peggy Grant out of your mind. You're a newspaper man. Hello, press room, Walter Burns speaking. Hello, Sheriff. I got a hot tip for you. Earl Williams has just been seen north of Milwaukee.
As the curtain falls on Act Two of the front page, it leaves us quite properly, very much up in the air. While the wanted murderer, stuffed away in the top of the huge roll-top desk, is suffering the torments of mental anxiety and physical cramps, let us stretch our legs for a brief moment and lend an ear to another exclusive front-page story under the byline of Kenneth Banghart. It was ten years ago, in 1938, that the mercury was first introduced to the American public. And in the decades since, mercury has grown steadily in popularity... Until today, hundreds of thousands of motorists drive and depend on Mercury's. The Mercury has proven itself in years of fine performance in every climate and under every condition. Today, there is a new Mercury, not just a new model, but the all-new 1949 Mercury. To its proven dependability and fine engineering, Mercury has added all-new beauty, comfort, and performance. From headlight to taillight, Mercury has been newly planned, designed, and built. It has a powerful new eight-cylinder V-type engine made exclusively for Mercury. New chassis, new springs and brakes, new super balloon tires and wider, safer rims, new interiors, even new door handles. But above all, the 1949 Mercury has new beauty. Graceful designs, sweeping lines, imaginative styling. The all-new Mercury was created to give you all-new driving and an all-new sense of pride in owning a big and beautiful car. The 1949 Mercury is now on display in your community. Go and see it. See how new a car can be. See not a new model, but the all-new 1949 Mercury. lights are dimming, and the great curtain of the Ford Theater rises again on Act Three of the front page. We are still in the press room of Chicago's Criminal Courts building. Hildy Johnson is pounding away at his typewriter while Editor Burns grasps the telephone. Hello, Duffy. Duffy, this is Walter Burns again. Where are those men I told you to send here? No, not reporters. Six husky guys. I've got to move some furniture. Well, tell them to take taxis. Yes, right into the press room of the Criminal Courts building. How you coming, Hildy? Okay, if you can keep the other guys out of here. Don't do that, Williams. I can't breathe. Now listen, Williams, I'll give you a little air. There. Now don't make another sound. Remember, as soon as it's safe, I'll rap three times like this. And you rap back three times. That's right. Then I'll let you out. Here's the lead, Walter. All right, let's see it. While hundreds of Sheriff Hartman's paid gunmen stalked through Chicago shooting innocent bystanders, Earl Williams was lurking. You call that a lead? Doesn't the paper get any credit at all? I'm putting the examiner in the second paragraph. Who the heck is going to read the second paragraph? Now, get this, Hildy. Here's the lead. The Chicago examiner again rode to the rescue of the city last night in the darkest hour of her history. Earl Williams, the murderer who leaped snarling from the gallows upon the flanks of the city, was captured single-handed I got by... it. I got it. That's it. That's more like it. The door's locked again. Oh, that's Bensinger. Walter. That's his desk. What's his name again? Bensinger. Open the door. All right, just a minute. I'm coming. Well, hello, Bensinger. I thought I recognized your voice. What's the idea, Lockheed? Do- Oh, 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 hello, Mr. Burns. It's quite an honor having you come over here. Well, I like to keep in touch with good young newspaper men. I just came in to get some antiseptic out of my desk. Excuse me? Uh, quite a coincidence, isn't it, Hildy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you mean? Well, I was just talking to Hildy. As a matter of fact, we were talking about you at the office this afternoon. Oh, is that so? Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing detrimental, I hope. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Burns, I want to get into my desk. Uh, that was one swell story you had in the paper this morning, Benzinger. Well, I'm glad you think so, Mr. Burns. Did you care for the poem? The poem? Oh, yes, the poem was great. I got a big kick out of that. Oh, did you like the ending? And all is well outside his cell, but in his heart he hears the hangman calling and the gallows falling and his white-haired mother's tears. Uh, It's heartbreaking. Uh... Look here, Bensinger, how would you like to work for me? What? I mean it. We need somebody like you. All we've got now is a lot of low-browsing leg men like Johnson here. I'll tell you what you do. 
You go over and talk to Duffy now. I've got him on the phone right here. You'll catch him if you hurry. You mean seriously, Mr. Burns? Well, I'll show you how serious I am. Duffy, I'm sending Benzinger over to see you. Uh, Marvin, isn't it? No, Roy. Roy V. Oh, funny I should forget that. Uh, Roy V. Benzinger, the poet. Put him right on the stand. Right away, you mean? Never mind what doing. He'll tell you. No, I'll talk salary with him right here. How much are you getting on the Tribune, Roy? Seventy-five. All right, I'll give you a hundred in the byline. Hello, he's to get a hundred in the byline, Duffy. Tell the cashier. Let him have everything he wants. Now, look here, Benzinger. I'll tell you what I want you to do. I'm assigning you to write the human interest side of the manhunt. I want it from the point of view of the escaped man. He hides, cowering, afraid of every light, of every sound. He hears footsteps, his heart going like that. And all the time, they're closing in. Get the sense of an animal at bay. Sort of a Jack London style. Exactly. Now, I haven't got a moment to lose. Hop right over to the office. Well, I don't know about quitting the Tribune that way, Mr. Burns. It's it's not quite ethical. Why, what did they ever do for you? They've never considered your interest from what I hear. Well, between you and me, they have given me a pretty raw deal. Now, I want a real Benzinger story tomorrow morning with a crackerjack poem on the side. Oh, uh, I got my rhyming dictionary in the desk here. Uh, wait a minute. It doesn't have to rhyme. Now, get going. Gee, I'm terribly grateful, Mr. Burns. Uh, do you suppose there might be an opening sometime as foreign correspondent? I parlay a little French, you know. That'll all depend on yourself. I'll keep you in mind. Alors, uh, au revoir, mon capitaine. Bonjour. <laughs> Duffy. Duffy, listen. Now, get this. A lousy tribune sneak is coming over to get a job. Yeah, Benzinger, the fellow I just told you about. Now, listen. Handle him with kid gloves and tell him to get busy writing poetry. No, no, we don't want him. But wait till he gets through. Then tell him his poetry stinks and kick him down the stairs. Okay, Duffy. You're a nice guy, Walter, aren't you? What are you beefing about now? You know what you've just done? You've finished Bensinger as a newspaper man. The Trib will never take him back, and no other paper will have him. So what? You think that drivel he writes is worth the paper it's printed on? You just ruined his whole life. And you know what else? You just ruined my whole life. Go ahead with your story, Hildy. She was the most wonderful girl I'll ever know. What are you babbling about a girl for? Did you get that Hartman gun business in? We'll never get another one like her. Now listen, Hildy, when those guys come here to move the desk... I would have been on the train now with her when I fell for your line. Biggest man in Chicago for the next ten years. (laughs) I'll be a drunken newspaper bum like you. That's what I'll be. Ah, here come the moving men at last. Now, Hildy, the men are going to move the desk and... Holy Moses, the sheriff. Waldemar! My friend. Well, hello, Sheriff. Hello, boys. You're McHugh, aren't you? Hiya, Mr. Burns. Cooking up a story with your star reporter? Why, no. I just dropped around to say goodbye to Hildy. Hildy's quit, you know. Sheriff, Frank and I saw Hildy Johnson in here with a door locked and that Malloy girl. They both know where Earl Williams is. One side, please. Hold on, Sheriff. He's trying to get away. Just a minute there, Hildy. Now, Sheriff, unless you have a warrant for my reporter. You can't bluff me, Burns. Let me go, fellas. My girl is waiting. I'll let you go when you tell me what you know about Williams. I don't know anything about Williams. All right, then I'll just have to arrest you. You will stop it. Uh, Sheriff. A gun. It fell out of Hildy's pocket. So, carrying a gun. Hey, uh, Walter. I'll take that gun. Where did you get this? I've got a permit to carry a gun. Not this gun. Now, look here, Sheriff. That's my gun. Oh, is it, Mr. Burns? Well, this happens to be the gun that Earl Williams used tonight. What's that? Whose gun? Oh, nonsense, Sheriff. Are you trying to make me out a liar? I know my own gun, don't I? Your gun, Sheriff? You got this gun from Earl Williams. Hildy, where is he? You leave my reporter alone, Sheriff. And if you don't tell me in two minutes, I'll arrest both of you. Now, Sheriff, my paper is not going to obstruct justice or aid criminals. You know that. Burns, you drown half the population of of Chicago if you thought you could get an exclusive story. Now, where is Earl Williams? You know where he is. Hartman, you are a cockeyed liar. What was that? From inside the desk. They got Williams in there. Yeah, I knew it all the time. That's why I came here. Stand back, everybody. Get out of the line of fire. Sheriff, the man is harmless. He hasn't got a gun. I'm not taking any chances, Hilly. City desk got a flash. It's a flash for you. Get on the phone, Hildy. Give it to the desk. It's our story. Oh, choke yourself with your story, Walter. I'm not going to see an unarmed man shot. Now, look here, Sheriff. I'm going to open this desk and stand in front of it. If you're going to shoot Williams, you'll have to shoot me first. Go ahead. Go on. Shoot me. Got to Williams. City desk. Sheriff has just caught Earl Williams hiding in the criminal courts, Billy. Yes, Give me a rewrite, man. Williams tried to shoot it out with the cops, but his gun didn't work. 
Duffy, this is Walter Burns. The examiner, after capturing Earl Williams, has just turned him over to the sheriff. A well-dressed society woman gave the tip on Earl Williams' hiding place. No That's sweetheart right. of Williams double-crossed him and informed the police. Yeah, Come on, Burns. You and Hildy down to my office. For what? For harboring a criminal and obstructing justice. Right. We've got witnesses this time, and we're going to throw the book at you and your paper once and for all. Mac, do me a favor. Get out, Hildy. I'm busy. Please, Endicott, will you? What do you want, Hildy? Call this number, will you? It's my girl. Tell her they're going to send me to jail. And tell her if she'll marry a jailbird, I want her to wait for me. Right this way, boys. The mayor of Chicago is in my office waiting to see you. Hello, Fred. Well, you've heard the good news. Great work, Pete. Great work. I've just announced that the execution of Earl Williams will take place as scheduled. Who are these bums? Don't pretend that you don't know me, Mr. Mayor. Well, if it isn't Walter Burns. Got the handcuffs on you at last, have they? And good old Hildy Johnson. Going to write a nasty story about the administration, Mr. Johnson? Can you type with handcuffs on you? What's the rap, Sheriff? Harboring a criminal and obstructing justice. Well, looks like about ten years apiece for you, Burns. Does it? Whenever you think you've got Walter Burns licked, that's a good time to get out of town. You don't know it yet, Burns, but you're through as a power in Chicago. Yeah? The last man that told me that was your gangster friend, Alki Ike, a week before he bumped himself off. You can't go in there. You let me alone. I got something for the sheriff. Here's your reprieve. Who are you? You remember me. I'm Pinkham from the governor's office with the reprieve. Get out of here. I won't. Here's your reprieve. Reprieve? What reprieve? The reprieve from the governor for Earl Williams. They wouldn't take it from me when I was here before. Get out of here, you. Who wouldn't take it from you? They started right in bribing me, but I don't want to be city sealer. Who's they? Them. The mayor and the sheriff. Oh. Well, what do you know, Walter? Hanging an innocent man to win an election. That's a lie, Hildy. I never saw him before in my life. He's an imposter. It's murder, that's what it is. Mr. Burns, that's absurd in the face of it. He's talking like a child. It's happened again. An unseen power. Why, if this unfortunate man, Williams, has really been reprieved, I personally am tickled to death, aren't you, Pete? Well, sure. Go on, Mayor. You'd hang your mother to get elected. Well, that's a fine thing to say, Johnson, about anybody. Now, look here, Burns. You're an intelligent man. Ah, uh, just a minute. All right, Mr. Pinkham, let's have your story. Well, Mr. Burns, I've been married for 19 years. Well, just skip all that. Take those handcuffs off the boy's feet. That wasn't at all necessary. I was just going to. I... I can't tell you how badly I feel about this, Burns. There was no excuse for Hartman flying off the handle. I was only doing my duty. That There wasn't anything personal. Sheriff, this document is authentic. Earl Williams, thank heaven, has been reprieved. And the Commonwealth of Chicago has been spared the painful necessity of shedding blood. Save that for the Tribune. Come on, Hildy, up to the press room. We've got work to do. Press room. Yeah, Charlie, that's right. Reprieve at the last minute. Now, here's the angle. The governor held it up just to embarrass the mayor. Hey, Bill, get this. The mayor had the reprieve all the time, but he thought it was a forgery. Now, put this in. Wait a minute. I don't want Walter Burns to get this. Call you back. Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Burns. I didn't see you. Hiya, Hildy. I'll attend to you later, McHugh. Come here, Hildy. Now, look, get hold of this guy that brought the reprieve. Nothing doing, Walter. I'm through. Where's Hildy? Where's Hildy Johnson? He's in here. Peggy, I'm here. Oh. Hildy, they said you were going to jail. I was, darling. That Walter Burns, what did he make you do? Oh, now, sweetheart, look, uh, here's Mr. Burns. It wasn't his fault. Indeed it wasn't, ma'am. Hildy was just doing his duty as a newspaper man. Oh, Hildy, he's got you again. Listen, Peggy, if I'm not telling you the absolute truth, may I drop dead right now. I'm going to New York with you tonight if you'll give me this one last chance. I'll, I'll cut out drinking and everything connected with the newspaper business. I won't even read a newspaper. It's time I'm through, and I mean it. I know I don't deserve you, Peggy. I've done everything in the world to prove that, I guess. Oh, darling, don't talk that way. I want you, just the way you are, anyway. How do you like that, Mr. Burns? Why, Hildy, I didn't notice anything like this. Why didn't you say so? I'd be the last person in the world to want to come between you and your happiness. What? Why, you ought to know that. I love you, you crazy Swede. You're getting a great guy, Peggy. Never mind the Valentines. Goodbye, rattlesnake. Ah, you're a great newspaper man, Hildy. I'm sorry to see you go. I mean it. Well, if I ever come back to the business... Oh, Hildy. Which I won't. Well, 
I guess you win, Miss Grant. Hilda, you're a darling. I just mean, uh, well, you're the only man I'd ever worked for, Walter. You know that. I'd kill you if you ever worked for anybody else. <laughs> Hear that, Peggy? That's my diploma. <laughs> well, Walter, I don't know what to say. Twelve years we've been knocking around together. <laughs> hey, Walter, you remember that time we hid the missing heiress in the sauerkraut factory? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peggy, get, get Hildy to tell you about the Haggerty case. <laughs> we both had to hide out in Canada for a week. Oh, gosh, it was fun, wasn't it, Walter? Darling. Uh, why? You don't want to go to New York. Down deep. Oh, kiddo, what do you mean? I was just talking. Hildy, if I thought you were going to be unhappy, I mean... Mr. Burns, if Hildy really wants to stay... Why, I wouldn't let him stay. Go on, Hildy, before I make your city editor. <laughs> Hurry up, Peggy, he means it. Uh, any objection to my kissing the bride? It's okay with me. Go ahead, Mrs. Johnson. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what time does your train go? We can still get the one o'clock. New York Central, huh? Uh-huh. Well, I wish there was time to get your little wedding present, but it's awfully short notice. Oh, thank you, Mr. Burns, but... Hildy's all the wedding present I want, if I've really got it. Ah, <laughs> forget it, Walter. No, no, I want you to have something to remember me by. Here, my watch. Not that watch, Walter. Ah, oh, Hildy, I want you to have it. I couldn't, Peggy. This is the watch that Walter Burns got from the big chief himself. Oh, Mr. Burns, you shouldn't give away a present. Peggy, read what it says inside. Here. To the best newspaper man in America, Walter Burns. Oh, Mr. Burns. And that's why I want Hildy to have it, because he's the best newspaper man I know. What? And Walter... when you get to New York, you can scratch out my name and put in Hildy Johnson. You know I'd never do that. Here. Well, this is the first and last thing I ever got from a newspaper. Well, goodbye, Mr. Burns. I always had a queer opinion of you. I still think you're a little peculiar, but you're all right underneath. I mean, I think you're a peach. So are you. You look just like a little flower. Goodbye, you big baboon. Goodbye. Bye, Hildy. Be good to yourself. And the little girl. Same to you. And many of them. Goodbye. Duffy. Duffy, I want you to send a wire to the chief of police at LaPorte, Indiana. That's right. Tell him to meet the one o'clock out of Chicago, New York Central, and arrest Hildy Johnson and bring him back here. Wire him a full description. The son of a gun stole my watch. That, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the most famous last act curtains in the modern American theater. It is served this afternoon to bring down the house again upon the final scene in that celebrated play, The Front Page, which we have been privileged to present on the Ford Theater. Our Hildy Johnson today was one of radio's most talented young actors, John Larkin. Walter Burns was played by Everett Sloan, whose outstanding work is familiar to you through radio and the Broadway stage, and soon to be featured in the forthcoming picture, Lady from Shanghai. Ed Begley appeared as the mayor, Ted Osborne as the sheriff, and Mary Patton as Peggy. Next Sunday afternoon, we will bring you another famous play, Counselor at Law, by Elmer Rice, the engrossing story of George Simon, a great criminal lawyer. The Ford Motor Company offers you a cordial invitation to join us again then. The front page was written by Ben Hecht and Charles MacArthur, adapted for radio by Gilbert Selvis and edited by Howard Teichman. The musical score was composed and conducted by Lynn Murray, and the entire production was under the direction of George Zachary. Other players heard today were Ted DeCorsia as McHugh, Carl Eastman as Endicott, Alan Hewitt as Bensinger, Mitzi Gould as Molly Malloy, Carl Swenson as Earl Williams, and Daniel Ocko as Pinkham. Sound by Jerry McGee and Frank Lochran. Studio engineer, Ed Whitaker. Intolerance and group hatreds hurt our country. Prejudice lowers America's prestige abroad, hampers our efforts toward peace, 
promotes the belief that democracy has failed and encourages aggression. Here at home, prejudice makes us all less secure, less prosperous, less happy. So fight intolerance. Guard yourself and your family from the sickness of racial and religious prejudice. And don't make the mistake of thinking that intolerance won't affect you. It will. Prejudice and hatred hurt us all, white or Negro, Christian or Jew, Catholic or Protestant. So fight for racial and religious freedom. It is your freedom. Next week, Counselor at Law. The Ford Theater is presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury cars, and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.